cash value of the brain trust token is actually not relevant to the network, right? It's it's one token, one vote. The more tokens you have, the more influence you have over the network. So whether that token's worth 10 cents or a dollar is not actually that relevant to the operation of the network. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey, folks, my guest today is Adam Jackson. He's the co-founder of Braintrust, the first user-owned talent network that matches tech talent with clients. Before this company, he co-founded Doctor On Demand, the popular video telemedicine provider with daytime talk show personality, Dr. Phil. Adam, you ready to take us to the top? Hey, good to see you. Glad right. to be here. So you, I'm going off memory here, so correct me if I'm wrong, but you were effectively making the case about 19, 20 months ago that you were going to basically take and do what Indeed has done, but put it and think more Web3 and enable people who bring talent to the platform to participate in the upside the platform creates as well. Is that accurate? Yeah, you got it. And, and it's a slight difference from, from Indeed. So Indeed's like a job board. It's like, hey, we posted openings, somebody fills it, goes away. Braintrust is actually a marketplace. So the difference being you, you post a job, we actually host the transaction on Brain Trust. All the reputation, work history, and all that good stuff actually accrues to you on Brain Trust. And so the the whole process end to end happens on the marketplace. So it's not just a job board. I see. I see. I see. I see. So it's a it's a would you would you call it a closed ecosystem then? No, no, it's a labor marketplace. Okay, cool. Labor marketplace. So talk to me a little bit about what happened here. So it was 19 months ago. How'd you how'd you did you have anyone like you were you issuing tokens effectively? Did you do like a, a token or to raise an ICO if you want to call it that? Yeah, so we we started out uh, giving people tokens that were basically off chain and weren't real tokens in in exchange for you know they were like credit like an IOU for a token right and they were in exchange for helping us b- bring in more talent, vet that talent, bring on more clients, onboard the clients, all the things that you would do. As a normal company, you'd raise hundreds of millions of dollars for and have you know twenty five thousand employees. We we invert that. We you know you, you have the community do all the work. Our core teams only have like 30, 35 people working on them. Um, and so we were doing last time you and I spoke, yeah, we were like just getting out the gate. Then COVID hit, remote work became the new normal, the brain trust model became really in demand. And then fast forward to September of 2021, last year, uh, our token hit the Ethereum mainnet. Okay, and what does that mean for folks that are not familiar with crypto? Sure. Yeah, it's it just means the brain trust token BTRST uh, is now live on the blockchain and can be given to anyone f- who helps the network. It can be bought and sold on Coinbase. Um, it's it's a live token ecosystem. It's not a test net anymore. And so, how did you? What value did people who you gave the fake tokens to before you were listed? How did they now translate into real value under BTRST? Yeah, it's totally market driven. So it's just. You know, total supply and demand dynamics. Uh, when they were minted uh, before the the network, when they were IOUs, they had, they had no cash value whatsoever. Um, and there, you know, it's a, it's a governance token. So there's a, there's a few different uses for it, but it's one token, one vote on the system. So all the all the rules of the network, like how many, what fees should talent and clients pay, what should the product roadmap be, you know, what should we build next? Those are all sort of determined through 
token voting. So it's a governance token. And then a recent protocol upgrade, the tokens actually used, uh, they were, the, pro the network requires clients to pay their network fees in the brain trust token. So you have the protocol going out and buying its own token. Um, interesting. Okay. So when you, when you list this, I'm looking at coinbase.com forward slash price forward slash brain trust in September last year, the token hit a, a value of $32 and 55 cents, um, at, hit a low in January. Well, last month uh, of $2 and 13 cents. Now it's up to like five bucks. What causes this kind of volatility? Well, crypto is really volatile. <laughs> I mean, it's just a, it's such a nascent asset class. Um, that I think, you know, these tokens are, people are still figuring out, uh, what they're worth to folks on the network, you know, to 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 make a, a clear distinction, like the the cash value of the brain trust token is actually not relevant to the network, right? It's it's one token, one vote. The more tokens you have, the more influence you have over the network. So whether that token's worth ten cents or a dollar is not actually that relevant to the operation of the network. Uh, understood, understood. But if someone goes, man, I really like this Adam guy. I want to, I want. Can they buy these tokens? Or they have to earn them. Uh, you can buy them. Yeah. Well, they can't buy them from us. They'd have to go go to Coinbase. Oh, Coinbase. Or, yeah, 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 sure. But for like, sure. But, like, let's say I have no intention of bringing freelancers on to Braintrust, but I believe in the vision and I think you're going to beat Fiverr over the long term. I might today go in and buy 10 BTRST tokens at five bucks and then let the system keep doing its thing. And then one day, maybe it goes up to 60 bucks and I want to cash out a little bit, right? Um, so why do you say that the token value doesn't matter to the ecosystem? Isn't that an important part of this? Um, I mean, it, it, it's not irrelevant, right? But the functionality of the token doesn't depend on cash value, right? The folks that have earned, we've had you know, 40,000 plus folks earn tokens over the last couple of years in exchange for helping build the network, invite talent, vet the talent, invite clients. A lot of those, the vast, vast majority of those folks have kept their tokens because they, they represent control, influence, voting power over the network. And that's where the cash value piece doesn't matter, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's always one token, one vote, no matter what the token's worth in US dollar terms. So right now when I'm on Coinbase, it says there's 87.9 million BTRST circulating supply. And then under it says that's 35% of the total supply. Where's the other 65%? You got it. Yeah, the other 65% is basically sitting in treasury waiting to be given out to further contributors. And who controls what the treasury spends money on? Uh, two entities. First is the code itself. So the network software itself uh, runs the referral engine. So if Nathan Ladka comes in, it goes to braintrust.com, creates an account as a connector, right? There's talent who do the work, there's clients who hire the talent, and then there's connectors who are essentially people making intros. Nathan comes in, anybody can come in, get a code, unique code. And then if you refer talent and they start transacting, or if you refer a client and they start transacting, you're going to start earning bonuses on, based on a percentage of those transactions in the form of the brain trust token. Those tokens come out of treasury and it's all done via, via the code. It's a permissionless system, right? It's not like a person approving it. And so, and then the second way is the community DAO. So the, the treasury, uh, a big chunk of the treasury is controlled by community members through the grants program. You can apply for a grant on brain trust and say, let's say a group comes to the grants program on brain trust and says, Hey, we're going to translate brain trust for the Asia Pacific region. And we're going to apply for a grant, you know, for say, you know, 500,000 B trust to do that. If the community decides, Hey, that's a good idea. They fund it. They vote on chain and the, and the funds, the tokens flow out of the DAO. 
So it's it's community controlled or software controlled is how those tokens are distributed. Currently, who is the biggest voter? Do, do you know who it is? Uh, I don't actually. It's it's a you know semi pseudonymous network. Um, I mean, if you go to if you go to actually, there's a leaderboard of people who've earned tokens. If you go to info.braintrust.com, uh-huh. uh, you can see if you scroll down, kind of three quarters of the way through the page, there's actually a leaderboard of folks who've earned tokens for referring. So mm-hmm. that's a good indicator right there. I see. Interesting. Um, how many how many employees does Braintrust have full time working for you? Yeah, so this this is kind of the interesting part. So Braintrust is just the network, right? There's no Braintrust Inc. behind it. There's now seven core teams, so little companies that kind of like spend a lot of energy and resources building Braintrust. Those seven core teams probably have like 30, 35, 40 or so full-time employees. And so it's a relatively small- Total or each? Total, total, total. So it's a relatively small core group. But then you have 40 something thousand people in the community all contributing at some level, whether it's which of those code. cores are you part of? Like what like pre because pre last year in September, you had to have something, right? You raised five million seed round in 2018. I'm assuming there was an entity that was the LLC that that money went into. Yeah, yeah. It's my core team. It's called Freelance Labs. Freelance Labs. Okay. That is one of the seven core teams. Yeah, you got it. I see. How many people are on your team? Uh, it's about 20 of us. 20 of you. Okay, got it. So how do you pay those 20 people? Um, we have a software development firm that makes money. Like it's a it's a dev shop, just like anybody else's. Most of the other nodes are either dev shops or sales groups that make money off servicing clients. I mean, the whole point of a user-owned network is to build the network as a public good. In our case, the public good is connect clients with the talent that need them. And so it's built and maintained and upgraded by our talent, right? Which is, it could either be, you know, individual freelancers who write code or design UI or write product specs or groups like agencies like mine. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and so how did you, so what happened to the, the 5 million seed you raised in 2018, the 500 K in 2020, the 18 million venture round in October, 2020, do they all now own a portion of your dev shop? They own tokens. So the, the, the investors, the purchasers in those rounds were purchasing tokens. And so, yeah, there's the equity in my dev shop's not worth anything. So I wouldn't, you know, there's no reason to to raise money. So how did you convert the 23.5 million you raised before you listed officially as a token in September of 20, of last of 2021? Um, how did you decide how many tokens 23.5 million in equity raise should get? Um, it was a pre-negotiated term of those rounds. Okay, just I'm totally uneducated here, Adam. So if if I'm I'm writing you an 18 million dollar equity check in in October 2020, yeah. walk me through that negotiation. Yeah. So you you buy you've heard of safes, right? Simple yeah, agreement yeah. future equity. These investors bought SAFs, simple agreement future tokens. Safes have conversion caps. SAFs have conversion caps, right? And so there was a conversion cap in the SAF. It's d- different levels for different SAFs, but. Um, they were all, you know, somewhere below a dollar, basically. Uh, and that's the conversion price. The token of- value. Exactly. Do you guys care about valuation right now, specifically your valuation? Do you think you might raise soon or sell a portion of the company? There is no other tool on the internet that you can use to get a better and higher valuation than FounderPath's new valuation tool. We have over 253 deals that went down over the past 30 days. All the revenue numbers, all the valuations, 
and the multiplier. That way you can go filter the data, find companies that are your same size, what they sold or raised for or at, and then use those as comparables in your decks to argue and debate and get a higher valuation and less dilution, which is the name of the game, less dilution. Check it out today at founderpath.com forward slash products. That's plural forward slash valuations. Again, both plural founderpath.com forward slash products forward slash valuations. So a SAFT is effectively, so I give you an $18 million check. We're saying, Adam, we're giving you this venture check so you can keep building the codes. You can eventually list on Coinbase, launch your own token, launch your own decentralized network. But in order for us to write you this $18 million check, you're agreeing that when you do list, you're reserving a portion of the tokens for us and the, the token value will be 50 cents for, for, for the 18 million. So 18 million divided by 50 cents, we can calculate how many tokens the VCs own. You got it. I see. So of the current out now, is the VC dollars, those are not the 65% in treasury, right? Those are the 35% in circulation, right? Um, some some most of the VCs are still locked up. The one the some the some that have been unlocked are are in circulation. Okay, but the locked up ones are still in treasury. That's right. Oh, I see. So of the total hundred percent pie of all the tokens in treasury and in circulation, what percent are you, we know this, right? What percent are owned by the VCs or, or investors before you listed? Around 22 or so percent. And how does that compare to other folks that have gone down this sort of same path you have? Um, I, I think it's roughly the same ballpark. I think, so what's interesting is token projects on, on par kind of raise less money than equity projects. Uh, because the community is doing more of the work, right? And, and getting more of the ownership, right? So like a typical startup who's two years old, like us, wouldn't have 45,000 shareholders, right? But we have 45,000-ish token holders, right? Because it's just, a, it's a more efficient way to sort of crowdsource development and upgrading of the protocol. I see, I see, I see. And so 45,000 token holders, including the three or four VCs that wrote checks beforehand. So those four or five folks control 22% of the total 100% supply of tokens. There, there's actually, there was probably 140 investors in those rounds. Oh, so these were like super angels writing 100K checks, adding up to like 23 million. Yeah, there's a, there's, there's a couple of big VCs in there as well. Homebrew, True Ventures, Blockchain, Acme, a Multicoin, Pantera. Uh, and then, and then some strategic angels as well, like Scott Belsky, who's the CTO of Adobe, Robert Leshner, founder, CEO of Compound, folks like that. I see. Interesting. Okay. And, and someone listening right now might be going, well, wait a second. So what does Adam own? Right. So, so typically in an equity business, you would own whatever you haven't sold off the VCs and whatever you don't have in the ESOP pool and whatever your co-founders don't own is what Adam has left. How should we think about that now? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, founders will carve out a piece for them themselves at the beginning. And that's typically kind of what they live with, and and then they get diluted down. Um, Beginning of what the company formation in 2018, or when you listed as? Sorry, I lost your audio, Nathan. Yeah, sorry. Beginning being in 2018 when you launched the business, or I I, I don't know why I can't hear you. I I don't know why either. Uh, Can you hear me now? So strange. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah. Now you're back. So I was just saying, when you say beginning, you mean when you launched in 2018, or when you first listed on Coinbase? When you launch in 2018, Coinbase listing is, is all that means is of some portion of the tokens are now tradable. It doesn't like it doesn't change the pie chart. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, you create a little bit of liquidity, right? People can yeah, buy exactly. and sell. Yeah. So so okay. How did you think about that? Right. When you launched the company, how much did you reserve for Adam? Um, the founders got it was 
probably around 10% combined. Okay. Okay. So is, is the best equivalent here is like when I launch or anyone listening launches a SaaS company, they have 10,000 shares they issue of which 9,000 are going to the core founder and 1,000 are reserved for the team. It's sort of the same thing, right? Except you're talking about token values instead of exercise prices. It's, it's, a li- yeah, it's, it's a little different actually. Like imagine, so what you just said is like a typical kind of SaaS cap table, seed round or pre-seed. With, with tokens, you actually want the majority of the tokens to go to your community because the community is going to do the majority of the work, right? There's no ESOP, right? So, in, in, and there's a fixed supply in, in our token economy, you can't make any more, like you can't issue new tokens, right? It's, it's locked into our smart contract that we have a fixed supply, 250 million tokens, which is interesting, right? Because you can never be diluted, right? It's dilution proof. And so um, we actually said like, okay, well, pro- like investors will probably own eventually like up to 25% of that, the, that token cap table. And then founders will get, you know, 10-ish and then, and then maybe another, 10 for like core team contributors and then the rest go to community. Mm-hmm. So when I look at the leaderboard and someone like Julia D has 30, are these 32,046 tokens? She's number one on your leaderboard. Hang on, Nathan, this audio is coming down. Say again. Yeah, no worries. Can you hear me now? Yeah. So when we look at someone like Julia D who's at the top of your referral leaderboard, when it says 32,046, yeah. that's the amount of tokens she's earned. I just don't understand what's going on with this audio. The top of the referral leaderboard is where I lost you. Yeah. Julia D owns 32,000 tokens. Um, yep. Those are tokens, right? 32,000? Tokens. Yep. Okay. So you could argue at the current price of 5 bucks, she's created $160,000 worth of value by contributing to the network. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I-, I see. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. And when we have on the right side, average market rates for like engineering, CentOS, Active Directory, Elastic Security, are these all like are these all of the seven core teams or these outside developers wanting to contribute? No. So these are actually skills on the marketplace that transact. So let, you know, look at, so say like, um, you know, elastic security, that's a DevOps uh, skill. Um, that means of all the clients hiring talent on Braintrust for that skill, that is the average hourly rate. Oh, I see. Yeah. So it has nothing to, do, nothing to do with core teams. That's all. This is all data just coming right off our marketplace. Okay. Interesting. All right. Last question. I started like three months ago getting notifications on my YouTube of people posting on your interview going like scam. Uh, you know, they now look, I don't know who these people are, right? Cause they're anonymous. So we have to take this with a grain of salt, right? But Chase LeBlanc said scam. This username host who said rug pull pyramid scam. Did you do something four months ago that pissed off the community or what could make them say something like this? You know, crypt, crypto, all crypto assets uh, are very price volatile from the big boy Bitcoin all the way down to small tokens like ours. And I think when, you know, retail traders lose money in volatile situations, they just call everything a scam. But you haven't had a lot of volatility between November 2021 and last month. It was between five bucks and and two fifty versus volatility at the beginning where you dropped from 32 down to five. I could see where they complained then. These were complaints four months ago. There wasn't a lot of volatility. Uh, if, how do you know when they bought? Well, th- these these comments all started coming in four months ago. So when I go back to your price chart four months ago, and and go back to October of of twenty eighth, right between like October and and November, the price was fairly stable. There's nothing to complain about. There's no big dip or gain. So I'm just trying to think. Could you can you think of something that may have caused them to be upset four months ago? No, no, no. It, it was definitely the price. You're not looking at the chart, right? If you look at 
from from October fifteenth to November, pick a date. It, it was there was a lot of volatility. It went from ten dollars and twenty one cents down to five dollars and ninety three cents. Fifty percent reduction. Is that a lot of volatility? Considering that when you launched, you went from thirty two bucks down to nine. That's way more volatility. I mean, that's losing seventy percent value, right? I mean, dude, if you want to know why someone called us a scam, you should call them up and ask them and have them on the show. Well, I don't know. That's something that's all the grain of salt, right? These are random YouTube users. I'm trying to ask your prediction on on what you're saying. Your prediction is because the the the, the token lost three dollars in value. You're saying that's probably what caused people to be upset. I, I, that's the only thing I could think of. Okay. I mean, okay. I, I'm not running a scam. If that's your other question, like, no, no. If, I, if, I, if I thought you were, I, I would have asked you, are you running a scam? And yeah. I wouldn't have given up until I got a good answer. Uh, yeah. That's not what I'm saying. I'm trying to ask you to predict what, what, why the perception of your business from two random YouTube video use commenters are scam and pyramid scheme. And what you're mm-hmm. saying is volatility in crypto and uh, idiots on the internet. Yeah. Now, to counter that, the the token value has increased uh, over the past, you know, two dollars and thirteen cents in January twenty first. It's almost doubled up to today. What like are you seeing? Does activity increase on the system? Did you get an influx of applicants and the price goes up? Is there a direct correlation between utility value and the price or no? Yeah, yeah, good question. So look, uh, first of all, like you know, we're not obsessed with price. This is like not why we're doing this. Like we're building a useful network so people can find gigs. And not pay any fees, right? We're built for the talent, by the talent, owned by the talent. Um, last week, there was a community protocol upgrade where the community basically said, "Hey, that ten percent fee collected from clients in cash needs to be paid in Brain Trust token." The community developed a new smart contract called the Fee Converter, which takes U.S. dollars from clients like Goldman Sachs or Nike, and and sends it to that smart contract. That smart contract buys Brain Trust tokens on the open market sends it to the DAO. And the DAO is used to fund more community development, more protocol development. So that creates a link between activity on the marketplace, i.e. fees being generated, and demand for the brand trust token. Now, I personally had nothing to do with that upgrade. You know, it was a community-led thing. But if you think about it, like that that could create different, you know, demand uh, dynamics for the token. So that could be one explanation there. The other explanation is, you know, why does Bitcoin go up and down, right? It's very hard to say. You know, these yep. there's a lot of speculation in this market. Yep, yep, yep. And is it, I mean, if, if we look at just again, you know, founders build things to build freedom in their personal lives, great personal wealth, and change the world, right? At the same time, when we look at the 10% you and the other founders carved out for yourselves at the beginning and look at the market cap today, 365 million, I mean, is it, can, can, can we sort of think about it like, okay, they've created 36 million bucks if they sold all today of wealth for themselves? Is that sort of an okay way to think about it? Yeah, that's not inaccurate. Okay, very cool. All right, on that note, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite book. Uh, oh man, should I? Use, I'm trying to think of uh, what I said last time so I could say something different. Anyway, I'll just say it. Venture, Venture Deals by Brad Feld. Be smarter than your lawyer. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, you know, I love Sam Bankman-Fried, CEO of FTX. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building brain trust? Google Docs. <laughs> Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Six. And situation, married, single kids? Married, three kids. Wow. How old are you? 40. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20? Uh, be more patient. 
<laughs> Guys, there you have it. If he has his way, Braintrust.com will eventually replace Fiverr, remove the middleman, and save more of the project revenue for the people actually doing the work and the ones bringing the talent to the marketplace in the first place. Finally listed on Coinbase, so it creates a little bit of liquidity under the BTRST token, 345-ish as of today, market cap value. But again, not doing it for that reason, really to build a marketplace where talent can find jobs, get paid, and keep more of the spread. Adam, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks for having me, Nathan. Great to see you.